Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is a special episode with guest Christopher Lawley. He's got a YouTube channel where he talks about lots of iPad stuff. That's kind of his big focus. Almost 150,000 subscribers. Really makes excellent content and has great productivity and creativity tips when it comes to iPads. So Chris, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm not entirely sure. Hopefully I can live up to that intro. We'll see, but oh, uh, no. <laughs> hopefully I can live up to it. You know, I will say I just was on your YouTube channel and I, I sorted to the oldest videos. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> no, nobody should do that. No, they're still there. So you, it looks like you started the channel in 2015, but really about five years ago, really started making the concerted effort. And uh, I mean, you've come a long way, man. I mean, your videos are super high quality. I always watch when I see one of yours pop up in the feed. So you do incredible work, man. Thank That's you. Great. Thank you. Yeah, not all of the older videos are still up. Uh, I probably should go clean up that list. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I've been doing it. I think I, I, I truly started in 2016, but I had some things here and there in 2015. But yeah, sure. thank you. Thank you for the kind words. Yeah. What is the story behind your, your website domain? Because it's the untitled.site <laughs> is your um, website. Can, can I curse on this podcast? No, no, right? I'll probably bleep it out. I mean, you can okay. curse as we record. So originally... <laughs> Originally, it was called random shit, what it was originally okay. called. Okay, very good. My roommate at the time was like, you probably shouldn't call it that. And I was like, mm. why? It'd be funny. People are going to like laugh. Like, it'll be like one of those things people will definitely say on podcasts. And then she was like, no, people are going to bleep it on podcasts and nobody will right. ever hear it. And I was like, oh, okay. Yep, that's right. So I was looking at, I was at my IT job at the time. I was working on a mm. Windows computer and I opened up Notepad and I was saying, Saving a document and the default title in Notepad, along with every other thing, was untitled.txt. And I was like, untitled, huh? I wonder if uh, the untitledsite.com was available. And it was. And then now it's just the untitled.site because yeah. that's less to type. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And everybody goes to YouTube. You know, that's that's your, your main deal. So I started blogging before I did YouTube stuff. And I realized gotcha. I was a terrible writer. So it, I don't really write anymore. The website is mm. more of just like a, hey, I can put all my links to all the stuff that I do at one place. Sure. So I don't have to like sure. list 50 different things, you know. Yeah, for sure. When people are like, hey, what do you do? And now you, you're like all in on iPad, it seems. And I, I won't talk about that. But what was your entry into the Apple world? Was it the iPad or did you start with a Mac or iPod or what? No, no. We're, we've got to go entry into the Apple world. Well, very first entry was the very first iPod Nano, which would have been my freshman year of high school, which ah, who knows when that is. It was a long, long time ago. <laughs> it was whenever probably the, after me. So. Whenever the first gen iPod Nano came out, because I, I got it, it came out right. right around my birthday and I got it as a birthday present. That was my first true Apple product. Uh, and the iPods were, were the fashionable thing. Um, it it sure. was very much like, hey, this is the fashionable thing to have. I didn't really start getting into Apple and like Macs and like the technology behind everything until I I was a junior in high school uh, where I live. We have this kind of it's it's kind of hard to explain because literally nowhere else in the world. They're the first of their kind. I mean, maybe now there might be others like it. But basically, I had a traditional high school experience my freshman and sophomore year, junior and senior year. I went to two different schools. Uh, one of the schools was called mm. CART, uh, Center for Advanced Research and Technology. Can't believe I still yeah. remember it. It's basically like college prep stuff. Uh, but sure. you do hands on things. Well, I took I wanted to go to film school college, but I ended up mm. doing film stuff there. And we had PCs mostly to work with. And then like halfway through 
my junior year there, uh, they brought in a couple of iMacs and a Mac Pro. And I was already mm. on track to move in, in, like I had been selected to be in the small advanced group my senior year. So my film teacher, he was like, you really should use a Mac. Like it's the industry thing. And I was big PC boy at the time. I built my okay. own computers. I was PC <laughs> gamer boy. I, I didn't want anything to do with a Mac. And I was like, I don't want it. He was like, I'm going to make you use Final Cut. <laughs> and this was Final Cut 7 at the time. This was yes. before they did oh, yeah. the, the, the big skip 8, 9 and jump to 10. Yeah. So I yeah. I just used it and I was like, hey, this isn't this isn't too bad. I, I like this. The screen's really nice. The computers are fast compared to the PCs <laughs> that we had there. Right. And I got I got the Mac Pro my junior year. So I was like, I was like, oh, this thing's great. This thing's fantastic. Now that would have been cheese grater like 2007 model. It would have been probably. the yeah, it would have been the cheese grater 2007 model. And it, we that one had whatever the 24 inch display was. The Apple cinema display yeah yeah it looked amazing it looked beautiful uh but the thing was smoking fast compared to everything else we had i mean it still had a spinning (laughs) hard drive so it wasn't like that fast but it was fast compared to everything else that we were using so that was kind of like what got me hooked and then i got my first like i so i essentially had a mac assigned to me throughout that time but i got my first mac as a graduation present uh and when i graduated in 2009 uh, I got the 2009 MacBook Pro. I can almost re- recite the specs because I like I memorized it. It was the 15.6 inch display. It had. Yeah. I ordered a refurbed one. Always order refurb people because you can get the same model, or most of the time you can get the same model as <laughs> yes, the current yes. one out. But sometimes, if you're lucky like me, I poor high school student. I ordered a 250 250 gig hard drive. Right. Got a 321, but this was when you could replace hard drives. So a couple years later, I put an SSD in it. And then like, I think I got two gigs or four gigs of RAM. We put eight. Yeah. Like it was, it was an awesome computer. Yes. It was the first unibody one. one, I think I believe exactly because one of the things I, I didn't get it right when I graduated. I think I waited like a a little bit because there was rumors of the unibody one coming or something. I don't remember exactly. I know I didn't get it right away because I knew something was coming. Well, and the, the Unibody came out October 2008. And the reason why I remember oh, okay. is I had a 12-inch G4 PowerBook personally that I used through college. And my first job was about to buy me a MacBook. And it was September of that year. And I bought the 15-inch MacBook Pro. The company got it for me. It was amazing. But then the very next month, the Unibody major redesign came out and I was like, oh, I just needed to wait one more month. Yep. But uh, yeah, that, that was a that was a huge design and, and hardware upgrade. So that was a good start. Well, yeah. that it, it's funny you say that. I literally had to buy an iPhone last night because <laughs> I nothing like having to buy an iPhone in August. So I totally know how you feel right now. Wait, wait, wait. Did, did you break your current one or what happened? No, no, no. I had to send back my review unit. So it, it's nothing mm. bad. I just needed to send it back. Sure, sure. And I was like, okay, what is the thing that I could buy that I would be happy with? But also, what's the thing that I could turn around and sell in September and still get sure. most of my money back? For sure. And I was like, well, that's going to be the 13 Pro Max. So I was like, okay, eh. you get the green one? Yeah, I got the green one because I was like, why not? Yeah. Nobody else has it. I know. I, I so wish I would have gotten the green one if it was available. Why? Launch, it, you know, it's that was... such a better color than the blue one. The blue one was my review unit one. And I, I hate the baby blue one. That, Okay, 
12 mm. Pro Max, the Pacific Blue, yeah. best color, best looking iPhone ever. Hands down. I will sure. not take any questions about that. <laughs> it is. You have to agree with me. It was very good. And I missed it. I bought a black one that year and I missed the blue. And then when the 13s came out, I was like, I'm getting the blue because I missed it last year. And that, that's what I have is the Sierra blue. And it's like, mm, uh, yeah. it's, it's all right. But uh, I totally, I would totally would have gotten the green one. And Apple's marketing team 100% knew what they were doing to wait halfway through the year. Because almost, it almost got me to do a mid-cycle upgrade. But I, I was like, can't do that. I mean, it's not even a mid-cycle. I'm a literally an 11-month upgrade. <laughs> I like, can't <laughs> believe true. I have to buy this thing, but that, I mean, I get it. So you did start on the Mac. You were doing Final Cut 7. Yeah. And now, from what I can tell on your YouTube channel, you're doing all iPad. You edit your videos and LumaFusion on iPad. So when did that transition uh, happen? Well, when LumaFusion came out, a couple months after it came out, I found it. It didn't make a splash at all. It was a very quiet yeah. launch. It, it was one of those things. Right. I had my ear to the ground for a true video editor on the iPad ever since the iPad Pro was announced. I got the the first iPad Pro almost right away, and I kept my ear to the ground. And, like, there was iMovie, and there was some from Pinnacle, and, like, it just wasn't what I needed mm. uh, because I love the iPad, and I wanted to go all in on it. So sure. a couple months after LumaFusion came out, I found it, and I started using it, and I was like, you know what? For my basic needs, this works, so I'll use it. And I went all in on it because I was like, I want to be the guy on YouTube that doesn't just say he uses the iPad, that actually uses the iPad for everything. So I went all in on it, right. I and then I had an IT job at the time that I definitely couldn't have used the iPad for just because like they weren't going to mm. let me use my personal computer right, for it. Right. Uh, luckily, I ended up leaving that job and I got a job where I got to make the rules and I was like, hey, <laughs> I get to use whatever computer I want. <laughs> so I was even using the iPad for IT stuff, editing video alongside that. Then October of last year, actually pretty much all of last year, I started having serious issues with LumaFusion, oh. um, serious bugs. Um, uh, I wasn't able to export a couple of videos. I was having some major crashes. Crashes, and then October last year, the new MacBook Pros were announced. And I was like, mm -hmm. and I was talking to, I had a group of friends and I was talking to them. I'm like, I am having so many issues. I wasn't able to get my iPhone 13 uh, video out in time. I, I literally got the iPhone 13 video out, I think a day before the MacBook Pro embargo dropped. So by that time, nobody cared. Right. So I was like, I'm having so many issues. I just, I can't keep dealing with this. So I ended up ordering a MacBook Pro and I got it in December of 2021. Mm -hmm. So since December of 2021, I have been editing everything in Final Cut. Okay. <laughs> that being said, I have been right. testing LumaFusion again with iPadOS 16 because I know one of the okay. major issues I was having is it was just running out of RAM. It had the app intent that allowed it to use up to 12 gigs of RAM. Still wasn't quite good enough. Now it can use up to 16 mm. gigs of RAM. I can see the difference. I There is a significant sure. difference. There's still some issues but I that could just be a test to the fact that iPad OS 16 is in beta currently. You know, it's August 3rd right now. Right, right. And uh, so that that's it's a little buggy there. What I'm hoping for, and if you'll allow me to put on my conspiracy theory hat for a minute. Please. <laughs> okay, please do. I'm going to get tinfoil hat, yeah. Last year, we had the M1 iPad Pros announced. That's right. Okay, it makes sense. The M1 chip, everyone kind of freaked out about it, but let's just be honest. It's just the X version of the A14. I can't, I can't keep track of all the numbers anymore. Anyway. Uh, 
yeah, just the A14. X version that would have normally have gone into the iPad with extra RAM and stuff. Okay, sure. cool. Still a lot of power, but we have this really nice display on the 12.9 inch iPad Pro, the 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 XDR display. I just call, it's the mini LED display. Uh, Apple's mini marketing LED, terms. Yeah. I used to memorize them all. Now I just don't care. I'm like, you know what? It's a mini <laughs> LED display. Everyone yeah, knows that. Yeah. We're just gonna call it that. Yeah. Uh, I I don't I can't memorize all these marketing terms anymore. Yeah. Liquid Retina XDR and all that. Yeah, yeah I, it's like <laughs> it's too much, too much, too much. Beautiful display has Thunderbolt, has all this stuff in it. That hardware wise, I'm like, huh. You know, this is all stuff video editors would need. Then iPad OS mm-hmm. 15 came out. Nothing, nothing too special was there. It's a little, you know. Are they revolutionary? They revolutionized multitasking in iPad OS 15. You don't remember that? <laughs> they it really didn't change though. I mean, no, they okay, just put the three they dots put the at every, dot every button window, at the yeah. top, and then there <laughs> was, was the then there was the dock. Uh, or I'm sorry, not the dock, but um, shelf. The shelf, yeah, yeah, where you do multiple windows and such. That was that was it. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I was still using drag and drop. I'm hoping our listeners saw the tongue in my cheek, but yeah, I don't know if they'll yeah, see that while they listen, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I we got the iPad Air with the M1 chip in there. In the meantime, sure, the faster sure, USB C port, which again got me to raise my eyebrows. Sure, sure. Yeah, something's definitely coming. iPad OS 16 comes. Boom. We all know. We have Stage Manager. We have Virtual Memory Swap. We have Reference Mode. We have all these features that I'm like, huh, these are these are features you would really need if you're doing pro software. Right. They even said pro desktop class apps during desktop the class Desktop class features is another thing. Yeah. I'm I'm putting my my knife in the ground right now, or I did back in June, that in a 12-month period between now and the next WWDC, we will see Final Cut for the iPad. I, I'm calling it now. Oh, I, I, don't, okay. I don't know what I'll do if I don't get that right. I'm not going to retire. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do, but I will be shocked, shocked, I say, if we don't have at least some sort of reveal announcement of like, hey, this thing's coming. Yeah. My theory, and like I'm, I was sitting there at WWDC because I, I actually got lucky enough to be invited, and that was awesome. Mm. That was amazing. First Apple event I've ever been to. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I was sitting there in the crowd, and I'm like, yes, th- there's still more to come. And I was like, they announced Freeform early. I will give them this. They announced Freeform, the sure. app, early, which is interesting. But, oh, boy, do I feel like there is a surprise in store for us come fall, maybe the spring for Final Cut on the iPad, which is like the only thing I need to get rid of the Mac. Like, I I like the Mac. Really? It's fine. I mean, I'm sitting on a Mac right now because because I figured it would be more stable for the way we're recording this podcast. I would probably still keep a desktop Mac around, but I wouldn't also have a 14-inch MacBook Pro and an iPad Pro. I hate that. I hate that I have both those so that that was my question is if you could go all ipad would you and, and you, you just said you would oh 100 i still use both i actually got a mac studio which i absolutely love because i like having a desktop computer that's just sitting there all the time you know mm-hmm. and i don't have to worry about battery or anything yeah but the ipad for me is special because i edit all podcasts on my ipad with ferrite nice and using the apple pencil and ipad that's such a unique and fast experience for me that I just love doing it on there. But you like iPad OS enough where you would totally go all in and your iPad would be your main computer. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's one hardware thing that would kind of keep me back. And I, I'm probably the only person on the planet that would complain about this is that the iPad only goes up to two terabytes of storage. And we've already seen the M2 chip and mm. we know that it maxes out at two terabytes of storage. So that, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Uh, I have four terabytes on my MacBook Pro. And when I have a bunch of video projects, I absolutely use that space. 
interface. Like that is 100% something I, I would use. So I, I think what I would end up doing is I have an M1 Mac mini underneath my desk that acts as an automation server. Right. Uh, if, if Final Cut comes to the iPad, what my plan today is, Final Cut comes to the iPad and it can do most of the stuff I want it to do. Like it, it works, you know, the, the way I want it to work, which I, I assume- 80% of what desktop Final Cut can do. Yeah, exactly. There's some high-end stuff that desktop Final Cut can do that I don't need. So like if I, I'm not putting, I'm not saying it needs to be one-to-one at all. That comes to the iPad. I will sell my MacBook Pro. I will sell my Mac Mini. I will get a Mac Studio uh, and have that as like my always-on automation machine, but as kind of also as like a backup um, backup work workspace machine. So like sure. I have a lot of really big projects that I work on throughout the year, one of which I'm working on right now. I do a big iPad OS walkthrough every year that just like right. covers everything that's in iPad OS all the features, what it means for iPad users. And that project can get quite big. Uh, And especially with my new camera setup, those files are gonna be absolutely huge this year. So I wouldn't wanna keep that on my iPad. And I don't know if that's a a big project like that is something I would want to work on an iPad when I could get a machine with higher performance threshold, you know, more GPU cores, more CPU cores, all that stuff. So that's kind of my thought process right now, but the iPad would be like my main computer. And I mean, it is right now. It's it's the, when I wake up in the morning and i'm like okay it's time to go do work um uh, i grab my ipad unless it's video editing right video editing is where i have to grab a macbook pro I, I will concur with your conspiracy because i was thinking about the next ipad obviously there'll be an i obviously there'll be an m2 ipad pro at some point you know in the next six months i think i think fall might be likely because it'll be on that 18 month cycle already yeah but if it is announced i'd be curious your thoughts i don't know what hardware additions or features that Apple could put into an M2 iPad besides the chip. You know, they could bring the XDR to the 11 inch. Yeah. That would be nice. They're not going to add any more ports. We're not going to get an SD card slot on the iPad. It already has 5G data. So I'm not sure besides the M2 chip itself, what updates on maybe Apple Pencil Gen 3. But if they announce the M2 iPad Pro, it makes sense for them to announce Final Cut Pro as well. Hopefully they don't make it just M2. Hopefully it would be M1 or M2. IPad. I don't think they would. Yeah, hopefully not. But but what what could they, besides Final Cut, which I think would be likely in that kind of event, what else would the iPad gain? Or what else would you hope the hardware of iPad could gain in the next model? Well, there's my realistic expectations, and then there are my fantasy expectations. <laughs> Pie in the sky, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it could just be a quiet update. It could just be like, hey, here's the M2 chip. The 11-inch gets the good display, yeah. um, which would be helpful to help differentiate it from the iPad Air, which is something I think right. really needs. Like for a while there after the iPad Air came out, uh, I just used the iPad Air up until like a couple weeks before WWDC. And I had something come up that I was like, okay, I need the bigger iPad for it now. Sure. But like I, the iPad Air is a great machine. So the 11-inch could use some help differentiating it. The M2 chip is right. obvious. I would love it if I could get one with 24 gigs of RAM. That would be fantastic. Like, I will never complain about extra RAM. If they wanted to make a special model just for me that had four terabytes of storage, Apple, I won't complain. You'll make me very happy, but I don't think you'll do that. Uh, I don't know if the M2 chip could handle that. So the other thing is OLED display would be really nice. 
that would be cool. There's not a whole lot like realistically that I would expect to see from this year. I don't even know like right. what they would do with a third gen Apple Pencil other than like an eraser side. Flip it around and use the eraser. Yeah, I, but that's some people have been asking for since the first one and they didn't do it with the second one. So I kind of think like their answer to that is the double tap feature, which I know some people like, some people don't. I don't I don't really mind it either way. I leave it enabled. Yeah, I, I leave it enabled. I don't use it often. Now, Kirsten from the K Digital Studios YouTube channel, she would love if Apple made a 15-inch or even larger iPad. Would you be all about bigger screen? That's what I was getting to. So that's kind of my pie-in-the-sky one. I don't expect to see something like that this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know there are rumors that there are bigger iPads in the work. I would love a 15-inch iPad. If there, if oh, if there was a 15-inch <laughs> iPad, I would be ecstatic. Yeah. Because the four or the 12.9-inch is fine, but it can be a little cramped when working on big creative projects. So I would like something a little big, sure. b- more space. And if they were to bring Final Cut to the iPad, I would definitely appreciate that more space because I have a 14-inch MacBook Pro right now, and I hate yeah. editing on the laptop screen because it's a little yeah. too cramped. I should have went with the 16-inch one, but I cheaped out and i was like oh i want to keep it light and fluffy and it just did not work out for that so i would love a bigger ipad the thing i would ultimately love and this is like futuristic Hmm. folding ipad oh an ipad pro that could fold up where i'm talking westworld you want a surface duo ipad that's actually good (laughs) that's actually no i want i want one that that that's like an ipad mini ish thing and i can open up it's my an ipad pro because there's a lot of times i have an ipad mini oh it's right behind me it's charging i have i have an ipad mini i use for reading and stuff like that and then i have my ipad pro for work and what i hate is stuff doesn't like stuff doesn't sync between it i'm always trying new apps Mm. and stuff like that so it's already annoying when i try a new app i have to set it up on my ipad i phone and mac i don't want to have to go set it up on another ipad Mm. so like if i had like a folding ipad and then like let me fold it out and put it in the magic keyboard or something this is totally pie in the sky fantasy realm like five years (laughs) down the road kind of thing but i would love that kind of thing And, and i honestly think apple would do it at some point if they could do it right and do it well this episode is sponsored by collide If you're considering a third-party IT audit like SOC2, then you should be prepared to answer tough questions about endpoint security. Auditors want to know that you have a system in place to monitor and maintain compliance across your fleet, which means showing that your employees are using things like disk encryption, screen lock, and password managers. If you're not quite sure how to go about proving all that, well, then you need Collide. Collide is an endpoint security tool for Mac, Windows, and Linux devices that does things MDMs can't and gives you the visibility you need to meet your third-party and internal compliance goals. Best of all, Collide doesn't resort to surveilling employees or locking down devices. Instead, it works with end users to resolve issues and relies on their cooperation and informed consent. You can meet your security goals and pass your audit without compromising on privacy. Visit collide.com slash Apple Insider to find out how. And if you follow that link, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag of free stuff just for activating a free trial. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash Apple Insider collide.com slash Apple Insider. Our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode. I was going to ask you about the iPad mini next because I have one. I really like it. I was editing all my podcasts on the mini because it's so light. Oh, wow. You know, holding an iPad, especially the 12.9 inch for a long period of time gets cum- cumbersome. And I like editing my podcast just sitting on a sofa. And so the mini was great for it. But eventually, actually, I think the lack of promotion and weird display things got to me. 
like even the weather widget on the iPad mini is still broken. Like there's things that overlap each other. Yeah. And it's just, I feel like Apple still hasn't gotten that iPad OS on the mini right just yet. I expect this might be the last uh, last mini update. Oh no. So I like the mini. Don't get me wrong. I like the mini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's rumors of a folding iPhone coming. Sure. And I think that will eat the lunch of the iPad mini. And I think stage mm. manager is truly the future of the iPad. I honestly... I, Apple is very mm. proud of stage manager. You can just hear it in the way they talk about it. Yeah. And I think it is really good. I And I do not think it's a conspiracy theory that they're trying to like sell more iPads. I truly think they want this to be the future of the iPad. And if they could bring it to all the iPads that supported iPad OS 16, I think they would. Because right now it's optional. But I definitely see a day where, you know, uh, the M1 iPad Pros or, or the M1 iPads are the bottom level of, of right. what iO iPad OS can support. Right. And that's when Stage Manager ceases to be optional. It's, hey, right. this is the future. This is what's going forward. Yeah. And I cannot see Stage Manager working well on, on an iPad mini size screen. It's just that's true. too cramped. Now, it's interesting because I watched your maximalist iPad desk setup, and I know you have a studio display. And you hooked up your iPad to it. I mean, you're doing like full on iPad deal. And most stage manager reactions have been pretty tepid. Oh, yeah. But you seem all into it. So how is stage manager with your iPad and the state, the studio display? And how does that work? Does it actually find stage manager to be useful like that? Uh, stage manager is incredibly useful. I'm not. OK, I'm going to say something that, that makes some people mad. <laughs> Please do. Some hot gossip here. Look. There are people on the internet that use certain things for about five minutes and then make a 20-minute video on them. Mm. I'm shrugging right now. I'm re just realizing this is an audio podcast and I'm shrugging. <laughs> but I live and breathe and work off the iPad. I am not joking when I say, look, I Apple has tried a lot of different iterations of multitasking. And some of those iterations have kind of worked, some of them not so much. I liked, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate the previous iteration of multitasking where it was a lot of dragging and dropping and stuff like that. But I understood yeah, yeah. that it wasn't something that was discoverable for people. So that's why they added the three dot menu. And I think that three dot menu has gotten really good in iPad OS 16. When I say stage manager is the future of the iPad, I truly believe it. The windowing mm. and the way I can work with the iPad now is so much quicker. Mm. The fact that I can have multiple apps open in a space and, you know, reference stuff. I get a ton of PDF documents. I get a ton of like uh web pages i need to go over app documentation i i have stuff that i have to pull from all the time and the fact that i can jump between these documents while writing notes or writing a script mm. is just so fast mm. it's such a game-changing feature i love the spaces the stages that they have sure. and that you can jump through them so like i have a stage for my writing stuff i have a stage for like uh communication and discourse kind of stuff and like i have another for uh, uh, editing videos and editing photos and stuff like that. I truly believe this is the future. Does it need to be tweaked a little bit? Yes, absolutely. It is not perfect by any means. This is a very much a, a base that they can work off of. But I think this is the truest base of um, truest base uh, that the iPad multitasking has had like like that that absolutely gets it. I understand some people don't like it. I would say give it more time. Um, because okay. it's truly, I, I truly believe in stage manager and I don't even work for Apple. I'm not on the team. Like if it didn't work, I would tell you it didn't work. <laughs> I don't care. It's no skin off my back. Right. Uh, do you think using it with an ex 
external display makes a big difference? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Uh, especially if you're doing stuff with like a lot of documents open and stuff like that. It, having that extra space allows you to reference those extra documents. It just makes more sense. I know some people are doing the thing where you keep Stage Manager off on the iPad, but are using Stage Manager on the external display. Hmm. So that way it's kind of like a more traditional iPad on the side. Uh, and then you have like your windowing and stuff on the monitor. That's fine, but I'm all in on the windowing. It's buggy right now. It's in beta. We're in beta sure, four sure. right now, right. Uh, developer beta four. Uh, so I'm hoping it gets smoothed out. There are definitely improvements that needs to be made, um, but they are making those improvements. Um, one of the, and we've already seen that over the beta. So one of the things that they've improved is on the stages on the left-hand side, that column, you can click on the app right. icons to see the other, the other, um, other windows the other groupings yeah well no you could say so like if if i have like safari over there i can click on the safari icon and it'll show me all my safari windows that i have so that's nice so you can drag and drop those into your space and do whatever you need to from there and then they've been adding keyboard shortcuts like command w will now completely close a window command m Mm. will minimize a window like so it's it's improving yeah it's not perfect but i do think it's the future someone might say it's just getting more mac like like those shortcuts all yeah are on the mac with windowing too like stage manager and windowing you know i'm playing devil's advocate but yeah the like all these features are making it more mac like and so if it continues down that road gives you the things that you're hoping final cut even what is the main difference then of having the ipad as your main computer versus just using a mac simplicity it's it's sometimes simplicity can be um pitched as a bad thing uh that oh the the simpler something is the le- the less pro it is pro has to have all mm-hmm. these customizations and all these features and i completely disagree with it cuz at the end of the day the ipad is still the ipad it's touch interface i can work with it and i can work with it with my finger i can work with it the apple pencil i can work with it a keyboard i can work with it with the trackpad or a mouse house i i can plug in an external monitor to it um i talk a lot about how the ipad is a modular computer it goes from a tablet to a notebook to a laptop and now to a desktop computer Mm. so that's kind of where i see the ipad going now on a infinite timeline will the mac get ipad os no but what i do see happening on in an infinite timeline and you can kind of start to see it already apple start to merge all of their core os's so ios ipad os and mac os i can see those kind of end up starting to merge and become something else entirely uh and i'm not saying this is gonna be a next year thing like 10 years down the road probably sure but like it they they all become one os and these devices are running the same os and it Oops. And it changes based on, um, you know, what input you're using and stuff like that. And we kind of see that sure. already with iPad OS 16. So uh, one thing that's really interesting, uh, say you have some text highlighted in notes. In the past, you could tap on that with your finger or you could click on it and you would get that same menu, that menu that runs uh, horizontally on the top. Right. And you, know, you have the cut, copy, paste, uh, replace if you have like a spelling mistake, uh, look up, things like that. Well, now with iPad OS 16, you can tap on that and get that same menu. But if you were to right click on it, you get a traditional right click menu, lo- mm. like more along the lines of something you would see in Mac OS. Right. So yeah, they are kind of starting to come together and those lines are starting to become blurred. But at the end of the day, do we need three separate OSs that have to be very different from each other? Like shouldn't the similarities kind of blur together? So that way, like, it, hey, I'm sure. somebody that's been using the Mac for 10 years and somebody puts down an iPad with the magic 
basic keyboard in front of me, I should probably be able to figure out how to use 80 to 90% of that just because I've had Mac experience in the past. Sure. Well, I'd be curious 10 years from now because I know Craig Federighi multiple times has said, you know, they are separate. We are not abandoning one or the other. I think that was more like, is the Mac, is Mac OS going to get replaced or is Mac OS going to go sure. away? And I, and I think they were phrasing it like uh, the iPad is not going to replace the Mac, but I think down the road, like in 10 years, will it still be Mac, iPad, iPhone, or will it be like, Hey, we have these folding devices and these, hmm. you have this phone that can open up into a tablet. Oh, and now I can plug that tablet into a monitor and I have a desktop computer. Right. I mean, we see these processors and CPUs and GPUs just getting faster and faster and right. look at the m2 like m1 m2 you don't need a fan for those so and they clearly you could use those for high-end work i've done it a lot of other youtubers and creative people have used those computers for high-end work for sure. so i don't necessarily think and this is like pipe dream stuff i totally realize that but i i think on that infinite like timeline or not even infinite timeline in the 10 15 year period i do see yeah. those like big core os like put TV OS and watch OS aside. And I think home OS is the other thing. Put those aside because right. those are kind of specialty things. But iOS, iPad OS and Mac OS, I could kind of see getting combined into one thing at some point sure. and just being like, hey, it changes based on the context you are in, which would be really cool. I would be all for that. Yeah, yeah. Which I think, you know, it used to just be iOS. We actually just used to have two instead of three. iOS was iPad and iPhone. And yeah, I could see. I could see that at least combining in the future. Because yeah, I I'm glad they broke out iOS from iPad OS because as a big iPad user, it was sure there was a couple years there. It was like, okay, will this be the year the iPad gets anything? And now that right, it, that's I, true. That's I, true. iPad OS is like a standalone thing, we're kind of expecting something every year. Some years are lighter than others. Right, that's okay. Right. I have a theory about that as well, but that's a whole nother rant. I want to know because with iPad being your main deal, I imagine shortcuts and automations are a big part of your workflow. You even said you have a Mac kind of dedicated to some automation. So I do want to hear about some of your workflows. What are some of your shortcuts integrations or most used automations that you use with your iPad being your main deal? Oh, I have a ton. Let me let me pull up my shortcuts app here. How, how many? What's the what's the total amount of shortcuts? Because I want to I want to know from that that has been cleaned up <laughs> okay, recently. Okay. It's only sixty four. Only sixty four. Oh, only sixty four. Oh, okay. You're doing better than me. I got two eighteen running over here. So honestly, I was pushing like five hundred for a while, but I was. Uh, <laughs> I was part of the Mac Stories Automation April contest. That's right. Ju that's I was right. the judge on that. So I had a ton of shortcuts installed, like all really good shortcuts. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I'm not going to use these. I need to clean this up. So it was pretty bad for a while. But <laughs> if you ever want to feel better about the number that you have, just talk to Matthew Casanelli because I think he's that's got over That's literally what I was now. just going to say is my pal, <laughs> Matthew Casanelli, who I talk to all the time, yep. love dearly. Yep. He has way too many shortcuts installed. And if you're listening, Matthew, I'm here to help you. I'm here to help. He's been on the show three times. He, he's a, he's our resident shortcuts guy. Well, you know, that's his shtick. That's what he does. That is. That is his thing. Um, and I definitely use shortcuts quite a bit. I definitely use it for a productivity focused uh, thing. So yeah. I have a lot of shortcuts that, that do things in the background for me. So for example, whenever mm. I publish a new video, I use a service called Zapier and Pushcut yes. to kind of watch my the RSS feed for my channel, yep. sends me a notification and I can tap on that notification and it runs a shortcut. And what it does is it 
uses regular expressions to get the, d the description of the video and formats it into a blog post, gets the links, the titles, makes it all into a nice blog post and publishes it right to my website so I don't have to do anything. It's really awesome. I love that one. I use Zapier with podcasts to automate RSS. I have one podcast where every time a new episode is published to the feed, it pulls the custom artwork for that episode oh, nice. from, the, from the RSS takes the description from the episode and then just publishes to Instagram and Facebook and Twitter automatically. Oh, nice. RSS automations, love, I love it. Oh, yeah. It, so much of, uh, and I used to do a lot more when I had a podcast back in the day. I, I had a lot of RSS automations when it came to that. When it, yeah. just like what you were doing, like, like pulling the episode, sharing it and doing all that stuff. I have shortcuts that I use that I've built like custom time tracking stuff for. I've got one called Capture Cut, which is basically my way of recreating QuickNote, but for third party notes apps. Oh, I have man. one called Money Cut, which logs all my income and it's expense tracking stuff to an Airtable database that uses like the Airtable API. Do you use focus modes along with some of these automations and schedules? Yeah, I'm a big focus mode and they're getting really good in iOS and iPadOS yes. 16. They were already really good, but they're getting a lot of nice quality of life improvements. Focus filters is going to be huge. Focus yeah. filters will be huge. Um, I'm really curious to see how third parties adopt those. Uh, the first party stuff is great. Like the ability to like what I, I'm working on one right now because I'm, I'm trying to I'm self-employed now. So I work every day of the week and I'm trying to ease up on that a little bit and at least take one day <laughs> off. So I'm trying sure. to, so I'm using the new focus filter feature to basically put in a weekend focus and who knows when the weekend focus actually will come on that week. <laughs> Sunday from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. <laughs> I, I, well, I meant like sometimes it could be Wednesday, sometimes it could be Friday, sometimes sure, it might be Saturday, sure. who knows? So yeah. what I, I'm using that to turn off my count, my work calendar, turn off my work email, turn off like all these things that's like, hey, yes. you should not be looking at these things today. Yeah. If something is on fire, certain people know how to get a hold of you in emergency ways. Right. Most stuff can wait a day for me. It's not the end of the world. Sure, sure. Yeah, I love the email account filtering for focus filters. That's going to be huge because yeah. I reflexively open the email. I've taken the mail app off my home screens. I don't have it anywhere, but reflexively, I just swipe down to enable spotlight on my phone and Siri just knows I want mail. And so I just open it. So to be able to shut off certain email accounts on the weekend or when I'm on vacations, I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah. It's very cool. And the custom home screen features too is really nice for that because yes. I do have mail on my home screen, but not on my weekend home screen. It's not there. I don't right. need it. So exactly. It's one of those features I'm I'm kind of surprised Apple actually made, but I'm really glad that they made it. For sure. Before we go, I want to talk just ask a few questions about YouTube specifically because okay. I, I saw a tweet uh, in interaction between uh, Everyday Dad and you. And it was kind of talking about what do you choose to make for your audience? How do you you know, pick topic, keep it interesting? And you said in this tweet that you had worked 20 plus hours on a video, but when you finished it, you hated it. And so you did not publish it. One, I'd be curious if you're willing to tell us what that video was about. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> and no, okay, okay, it's top secret. Nope. <laughs> then how then how do you choose, you know, this I know this topic will be interesting or this is something is it just because you want to cover it, you're passionate about a subject at the moment, are you following news and trying to follow those trends? Where do you go to find your your topics? Honestly, I don't follow any news or trends or anything. If I did, I'd probably be a much bigger YouTuber. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I just make stuff that I am interested in. If it is so, yeah. I just published a video on mind mapping because 
honestly, it's something I was thinking about at the time. It's I was working on a big mind map for my iPad OS 16 walkthrough. Thought, hey, it's not gonna be it's not gonna be a hundred thousand view video. Uh, it may not even be a twenty thousand view video. But you know what? I figured a few people might find it interesting, so I made a video about that. Yeah. And honestly, that's served that kind of rule of thumb has served me really well. Um, not all my videos are the most popular videos. I have some duds on the channel, but I can honestly say I'm proud of them uh, because they're something that was interesting to me. They're videos I would watch. Uh, that video you mentioned that I deleted, I deleted it because it's not a video I would watch. It was it was boring. Mm. It was one of those things that I wasn't making it because I was making it because I hadn't made anything in a while. And I was like, I should just put out something like mm. and I, re- I was like, no. And by the time, like, I had that video practically finished. Like, it it could have been published, like, with a few minor tweaks. Mm. Uh, and I was just like, nope, uh, it's just not a, it's not a video. Like, five months, six months from now, would I be proud of that video sitting on my channel? No, not really. So, yeah, it's I'm just particular about that. Okay. So where do you go either to watch or get ideas or for inspiration whether it's for iPad or just Apple in general, do, do you watch other channels? Do you, where do you go for, for inspiration? Usually for me, it's always about solving a problem. In the past, it's been like, for example, when I had my IT job, it was like, hey, I need to be able to remote into a whole bunch of computers. Uh, okay, how could I do this? I found a solution. Yeah. Uh, I need to be able to control these server VMs found a solution. Uh, I need to be able to write code on an iPad, not execute it, just be able to write it, found a solution. So it's always been about problem solving for me. And that's something that's always uh, I've enjoyed in in my work, no matter what I've been doing is is finding a solution to a problem. Um, Going back to one of the very first things we talked about, LumaFusion. Finding LumaFusion was solving a problem. I wanted to edit video on an iPad. uh, And that was my solution to that problem. Unfortunately, there is literally no other solution since 2016. 2017. Mm. Uh, So hopefully that changes Apple. For sure. So when you are not in tech mode, you're not working, you're not wanting to watch tech, you want to watch something for enjoyment or just to unwind. Do you watch something on YouTube? Like, are you in that F1 world now? It seems like everyone on Twitter is talking about F1. Or oh, are you yeah. doing something else? I am all in on F1 world. F1 world. What, is- what, what happened? Why is this the thing now? What, what happened? <sighs> so, okay. F1, unlike a lot of sports, has a really long season. It started in like March okay. and will go to November. It had a it has a ridiculously long season. Okay. So there's only 20 drivers, and F1 is the pinnacle of race car driving. Like it is the best of the best go here. You but there are only 20 drivers that get a seat. We're we just started what's called summer break. So there there's basically a month where there's no racing whatsoever. And usually there's a race every other week or every and sometimes there's like two back to back, but usually it's every other week. But right now there's a month of no racing. And this is what the start of what's called is silly season. So silly season is when a lot of contracts uh, a lot of contract negotiations are happening and like teams are trying to figure out who their driver lineup will be for next year because sometimes you might get a driver that has a two or three year contract sometimes they only have a one year contract some one driver just signed a five year contract like so they're all they're not similar at all so what happened the other day that got Twitter just completely erupted, uh, well, it happened a few days ago. A, a world champion driver that has been in the sport for years and years now announced he was going to retire on a Friday. 
on a Monday, gotcha. that team already had a replacement that is another world champion driver. And that okay. that team that he left had literally found out via the press release that the team that he's going to uh, put out. The, he, the driver did not tell him at all. So they're scrambling to find somebody and make themselves look competent. Well, they just right. announced without talking to this person, they have a reserve driver that basically like, hey, if one of our two drivers gets sick, because every there's 10 teams, 20 drivers, each team gets two drivers. So if one of our two drivers gets sick, this guy can step in and like take over. So they just announced the reserve driver will be their driver for 2023 without checking with them. Oh, wow. Well, he puts – then he didn't he didn't back that up for hours. There was like two hours where he didn't say anything, which is very unusual. Like usually it's like a timed release like, hey, this person's going to be our driver. And they're like, oh, hey, yeah, super excited to be your driver. Like it's, it's, it's like a choreographed thing. Sure. Well, he didn't say anything for hours and hours. And all of a sudden he puts out a tweet saying, hey, I've, this – you know, this team – they're called Alpine uh, – Alpine made an announcement saying that I was going to be the their driver for 2023. That is not the case. I will not. And, oh, drama. Like, I will not be driving for them. And that okay, was news sorry. to them. Honestly, F1 is for is F1 is for people that think they're too cool for soap operas. That's what it is. It's just drama. <laughs> it's just drama. It's it's people that yeah, want that yeah. are think they're too cool for soap operas and want like V6 hybrid like torqued up engines that go 200 miles an hour you know i've heard uh john gruber and on the talk show talk about baseball many times and if you love baseball it's you're either into the stats or you're either into the drama and so it sounds like the f1 world has the drama oh but we ha- we ha- we have the drama but we also have the stats because okay f1 is not just drama and drivers it's also engineering because all teams sure. have to build their own car it is called engineering insanity uh it's it's amazing and as a nerd as a science geek i absolutely love it like everything about this sport just speaks to me because i'm not athletic i was never i was never the cool athletic kid sure. but oh boy do i love a good engine and good engineering oh, yeah. i grew i grew up redneck i can drive me uh just about anything <laughs> did you grow up in the south no 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 no. i oh, okay I, but i grew i well okay technically i lived in texas for four years when i was a kid but okay. where i'm born and raised mostly is the dead center of california which is the agricultural oh. capital of the world or one of the agriculture capitals of the oh, world wow. depends on who you ask but like sure it's redneck central if, if okay, I didn't even by that. California okay. standards, it's redneck central. <laughs> okay. Did it, but did this F1 thing like just happen recently? I feel like I had never heard a word about it. What happened is there was a documentary on Netflix called Drive to Survive. And it's a great okay. starting point for okay. anyone that, that's kind of curious about it. Like if you get through the first couple episodes of Drive to Survive, you will love Formula One. Okay. If you watch the first episode and be like, nah, not for me, totally get it. Like just it's sure, sure. understand. I watched it and I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I want. <laughs> Okay. This is this is everything that I want. This is like I was never a sports person. I like I could care less about that. But I'm like this isn't like throw a ball, catch a ball thing. This is like drive a car at 200 miles an hour and try not to sure. honestly die. Like it's it's right. uh, it's right. 
and they're all the engineering the fact that they can like a car can pull up and they can change the tires in just over two seconds is amazing that's amazing i mean i just went and got yeah. tires changed a couple months ago and like it was like three hours i'm like what the heck <laughs> there's no pit crew at that mechanic no i know i'm uh-huh. like these guys did it in 2.3 seconds over the weekend and i'm like sitting here for an hour three and i'm like come on guys what's going on so f so f1 very good yeah um, okay lightning round as we as we close up because you are a mac guy you started as a mac guy here's a my james lipton style closing here at what speed do you listen to podcasts oh okay 1.25 with smart speed on okay so you use overcast to listen i say yes yeah yeah i do i can't i tried going back to the apple podcast app over the summer i try to use the apple default app so i can talk about it and stuff i can't i can't do the app podcast app because it doesn't have smart speed it drives yeah i got to meet some podcasters that i've listened to for years at wwdc and talking to them in person i'm like oh my god i didn't realize how slow you talk and i'm sure people have said (laughs) that about me because they'll watch youtube videos at like 1.5 or whatever uh sure sure yeah 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 okay when you're using a mac mouse or trackpad trackpad but only because that's where all the gestures are i do prefer a mouse okay natural scrolling or unnatural on your mac whatever the default one is is that natural scrolling it's it's natural now okay yeah Yeah. i i matches touch devices yeah i was i was trying to like for a long time, I didn't want to do it, mostly because I had a job where I was using a Windows computer, a Mac, and like all that other right, stuff. Right. But I, a few years into like not needing a Windows computer, I just was like, okay, I'll just go all in on natural scrolling. What is your default web browser on the Mac? Safari. Actually, I would have assumed because iPad, yeah. It's just easy. Tab groups. Yeah, tab groups are amazing. Yeah. On the iPad, it doesn't really matter because everything has to use WebKit still. Right, exactly. Uh, Safari's got all the privacy stuff. I don't trust Google. Yep. I, I, yes, I'm a YouTuber. I realize the irony. <laughs> well, that's different though than using it for like all your communication exactly. and all your web browsing and all that kind of stuff. So I totally get it. I don't stay signed in. <laughs> okay. What's your task app of choice? Uh, oh gosh, that's a that's a loaded question. There depends on what's happening right now. It's reminders, but that's just because, like I said, I'm using Apple's default apps over the summer. But if I could only have one, I would go with Things Three. Yep, I love Things. That's mine too. That's fantastic. Final question on your Mac: What is your dock position? Do you auto hide and genie or scaling effect? Okay, so it's left, not auto hide, and it's big enough so that genie or scaling doesn't actually matter because I have enough stuff in it. <laughs> yeah, right. So genie or scaling, I don't even actually know which one it is. I can, <laughs> it's on genie technically, but like it doesn't, it doesn't okay. do anything. But that will probably change with Ventura because center st- or stage manager puts the stuff on the left side. Right. So I was a little bummed about that. I was hoping there would be a feature that would let me move the stages over to the right side. Yeah. Because I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Probably have to move the dock to the right. I was a left dock guy forever and then when i started using universal control with my ipad i realized it was getting in the way because if i wanted an ipad on the left or the right it was just it was annoying to have to go through the dock and then you know if you're trying to drag something so i've transitioned now dock at the bottom wasn't my preference for many years but I don't i've, like I've gone at the bottom. bottom i know all the traditional mac people are like it must be at the bottom steve jobs willed it that way <laughs> 
I'm like, okay. No, no, no. No, I, I like it on the side. I, I yeah. think it's just better on the side. Like, it's out of the way. Like, I, I like that. I keep my iPad on the right for universal control. So when I am using my Mac, I love universal control. Great feature. Um, so I keep my iPad on the right. So I don't have that issue. But I didn't I didn't think about that with Ventura coming up. I may end up having yeah. to be a bottom dock person. Oh, Ventura. What are you doing to me? <laughs> Ventura isn't even a nice place. Why did Apple name it that? I'm from California. Like it is Ventura is not like if I'm like planning my California vacation, Ventura is not on that list. Really? My my uh, I keep predicting this every year. I imagine eventually I have to be right unless they totally change. But El Dorado, I'm waiting for Mac OS El Dorado. They did, they've done L names in the past. They've had uh, El Capitan. Yeah, well, they did El Capitan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love that one because I'm only like two, like hour and a half, hour, 15 minutes away from Yosemite. So like that whole oh, Yosemite, yeah. El Cap, Sierra, High Sierra one. I was like, these are yes, mine. Yes. These, 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 <laughs> these are my releases. <laughs> That's fun. Well, Christopher, thanks so much for joining us. We'll put links to your YouTube channel and the untitled.site, of course, in the show notes. Is there anything else you'd like to direct people to? Um, no, that's it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, thanks again, Chris. And again, listeners, check all the links in the show notes. You can follow, subscribe to him on YouTube. Amazing iPad content. And you can, of course, visit theuntitled.site to find all his other stuff. Thanks again, Chris. Thank you. Thank you.